Are you in Acts chapter 2, verse number 40? Amen. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. And then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods and divided them amongst all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Pray. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity we have once again. Uh, Lord God, please help us. Help us to see Holy Spirit. Uh, remove the blinders. And for once and for all, Father God, break away, Lord, everything that divides us. And Father God, we pray that your spirit uh, will unite us. God, I pray, God, that you would speak through my lips. Lord God, give me clarity of mind, good continuity of thought. Help me, Lord God, to relay the message as you gave it to me, as it is raging in my spirit. Father, I pray that you would help to organize it, that it might come forth with boldness, with clarity, and yes, as always, with conviction resulting in change. Father, we love you. We praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated in the Lord's presence. We're beginning a brand new series today entitled Life Together. As many of you know that this month is our annual consecration month, and we will be uh, focusing heavily uh, on prayer, uh, particularly the last week of the month. And this is probably, I believe, like our fourth uh, consecration week and so my prayer is that many of you will join in the prayers and that is a time a week where we dedicate every single day Monday through Friday uh, praying and we come out and we uh, really seek the face of God together as a church and you'll hear more about that as we move forward in the coming weeks but in, in addition to that uh, in the same spirit of that we will be focused this month on church togetherness uh, church together, and that's really embody, embodies the title of our series, Life uh, Together. And so um, we're going to be focusing on things this month that will cause us to be more unified as a people to accomplish the work that God has called us to accomplish. Uh, and so I pray that you would listen, but not only do I pray that you would listen and hear me this morning, I want you to listen with the intention on obeying. How I many you know that the Bible says that don't just be a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word? And so the word of God becomes flesh. When the word of God is applied, then change happens. You know, earlier we prayed for change. Change happens when we hear what God said and we apply what God want us to do. So we're going to give you some practical things today that we're going to, uh, that's going to spur a sense of community and a sense of unity in the life of our church. Many of you have heard, and I'm sure, uh, uh, this said over and over again, and sadly, it is true. I've heard it said that there is about 10 to 15 percent 
of uh, the church members, those who are part of church, part of the body of Christ, uh, do all the work in the church. It doesn't matter if you are a church of a thousand. Uh, I've been a, a member of churches that were large. I've been members, obviously, of churches uh, that are small. And no matter uh, what setting that you're in, you find out that there's a large amount, there's a, a small amount of people that do the body of the work. And some of that, I believe, um, is because we have somewhat of a consumerism mentality when it comes to church. People often go from church to church and they always ask the question, they say, what's in it for me? Uh, let me hasten to say that it is absolutely nothing wrong with asking the question, what's in it for me, as long as it is, as, as it in, as it is in the context of how can I serve the body? Because everything that God does, hear me, everything that he does, uh, when, when Jesus came on the earth, you know, he did great ministry. He worked in the lives of people. He performed miracles. Over and over again, what we see is Jesus constantly giving of himself. He said that I did not come uh, uh, to be served. He said, I came to serve and to give my life a ransom for many. So the attitude that every one of us must embody is that if we're going to be effective as, as it relates to the kingdom of God, the kingdom, I want you to think kingdom of God, then we must function and do it together. I believe that the enemy has tricked a great deal of us. The enemy uh, wants us to think that it's really just all about me and all about what I want. How many know that we live in a society today that is all about, I want what I want. And when you think about the kingdom of God, everything about God, and I, you may not hear this, this, not my, this may not be uh, the best uh, seller on the, uh, on the list, but I can tell you that it's fact. That whenever God called any person, think about it, when God called Moses, uh, when God called Joshua, when God called David, when God called the Apostle Paul, when God called Abraham, every time he called any individual to do anything, it was for the purpose of, 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 of bringing his people to a common goal. So what we must think about as the church is that, that if God has equipped you, and he has, and God has gifted you, and God has anointed you, then he has done that with a purpose so that you might serve the greater good. How do we know that when God calls us, he calls us for a purpose that is bigger and greater than ourselves? And that's one of the amazing things about serving the kingdom of God. God calls us for a broader perspective. Listen to me. We are not called just to be and to think like it's, it's just to think solo. You know, it, you know, this is not just about my kingdom. When God called me into the ministry, I knew very much what it would be like. I knew before I came to do this that this was going to be hard. I knew that before I got into this that this will require me having to lay down my life. It will require me having to give up some time. It will require me having to be more concerned with you even than myself sometimes because everything that Jesus did, everything that he demonstrated, it was all about sacrifice. Imagine a church and a people and a body that thought that way. That, that my first thought is, how can I advance the kingdom of God? How can I advance you? 
how can I invest in you and to see you become what God wants you to be? You see, you may be saying, well, Pastor, how do you come up with that way of thinking? Well, Jesus, how many of you want to be great in the kingdom? Let me raise my hand because if nobody else, when I want to be great, when I get before the king, I don't want to be great in the sense that, 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 that I'm great. I want to be great in the sense that I please God. You hear what I'm saying? The Bible, Jesus says, whoever among you wants to be great must be the what? Servant of all. So greatness is defined in God's eyes by giving of yourself, which oftentimes you're in conflict with. Because the whole generation and everything that we are confronted with today pushes us and tells us that it's all just about you. And how many know that as Christians, we can't think that way? Jesus said, seek first the kingdom. Everybody say kingdom. And all these things will be added to you. And Jesus, in other words, he's not that concerned about the things. It's about the kingdom. And the kingdom is made up of individuals and people who have gifts and talents. And our mission is to advance the cause of Christ in the earth. And the only way we're going to do it is we've got to do it together. There can't be this. Listen to me. How many know that Jesus, great as Jesus was? How many know Jesus is great? He is awesome. He is king. He is Lord. He's everything. But even he couldn't advance his kingdom by himself. You know what he did before he left? He spent time. He invested in people. And he left the work to people. He equipped them so that they can go along and to, and to finish the work and to bring in the disciples of Jesus Christ. Even Jesus himself knew that he needed other people. He needed other people. How many know that, that we need each other? I'm going I'm to I'm show you here in a, morning, in a moment what I mean by that. Because everything about God, everything about God, God thinks body. All right? God thinks body. See, you think, I want mine. You think, because at one point, even if you don't think that way now, you thought that way when you was a kid, right? I want mine. And you had little regard for anything else. Hopefully, as you are maturing in your faith in Christ, you realize that whatever God's giving you, is your question got to be, God, how can I flip this back and sow into the lives of other people? How can I make a difference? Is there anybody who want to make a difference? Is there anybody who want to make a difference? Am I talking to myself this morning? Amen. So the whole, how many of you have ever heard this statement? The whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Anybody ever heard that statement? Now, I, I tried to research it, and I, I heard that Aristotle said it, and there was a couple other people. I'm not really sure who said it, but it is absolutely true. Another word for this would be synergy. In other words, how do we know that we can accomplish much more together than we can individually? How many know that when we pull our time, our resources, and everything together, we can be much more effective in what God has called us to do? We've seen remnants. We, we, we've seen things happen even in the life of our church. How beautiful things can be when we function together as a team. Amen? When the team, you can be a great, you can, how many know that you can be as great and as gifted as you want to be? You know, as great as a quarterback as Tony Romo is, and he is a great quarterback. Amen? As great as Tony Romo, how many know he needs people around him? You hear what I'm saying? As great as Tom Brady is, Tom Brady can't win no football game by himself. You hear what I'm saying? 
as great as Michael Jordan was, and how many know Michael Jordan was a great ball, the best in my mind that I've ever seen walk the planet. As great as he was, Michael Jordan was scoring 60 points a game, and he was losing because he did not understand the concept of team until Phil Jackson walked in and showed him, Brother Mike, you are awesome, but you need some folk around you in order to pull this off. How many know it's the same concept in church? There are no solo Listen to me, we, there, there are no, no islands here unto, them, unto yourselves. We're not going to be able to accomplish anything when everybody is fragmented and doing their own thing. Do you hear what I'm saying? L- let me say that again. We as a church, we as a people, as the body of Christ, we're not going to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish if we're always torn, we're divided, and we're, at, we're not uh, uh, functioning and flowing together in a common goal. And I'm going to show you that here in a moment. So three points in my sermon that I want to talk about, and I'll get you out of here. The first point is the call to togetherness. The second point is the work of togetherness. And the third point I want to bring in is the beauty of togetherness. So let's look at number one, the call to togetherness. In John chapter 17, verse number 20 through 23. I want you to turn there, or you can read it on the screen. This is Jesus, I believe, his high priestly prayer. He says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one. Now, who's praying this? Who's praying this prayer? It's not a trick question, guys. Jesus. He said that they all be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be one, that is again, in us. That the world, see this is our testimony, this is what the world should see. That the world may believe that you sent me, right? And the glory which you gave me, I have given them. That they may be one O-N-E, just as we are one in them, and you in me, that they may be perfect in one. There it is again. That the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Now, what Jesus was praying here, and I think that we all need to underscore, underscore here, is that, that whenever the world see us, how many know that we are very diverse as, as Christians? There, there are Christians that are all over the world. And, and, and I hope you all don't know that not, not every Christian look like you. Not, not every Christian speak your language. How many know God got them in China? How many know God got them in India? How many know God got them in uh, Africa? How many know God got them in Asia? What are the other continents? Uh-huh. Middle East. God got them everywhere. And, and, and listen to me. Jesus said this, in a world that there's ethnic chaos, how many know there's chaos today? The threat of terrorism every day, nation against nation, uh, people against people, wars and rumors of wars. Everywhere you turn, there's, there's fragmentation. There seems to be a divide. But Jesus prayed that, 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 Father, I pray that they would be one. In other words, when people see the church, now, the church 
represents everyone who is a believer and who have received Christ as Savior. And the church said, amen. amen. So that's worldwide. But also, there are microcosm of church, which is the local church. So the local church, the church, uh, the local church, when people see the church, the local church, the representation of the church, what they should see in us is, watch this, they should see togetherness. The one place where they should see people working together, serving together, loving each other for a common purpose, for a common goal, they ought to see it in us. Jesus said that it would be so powerful, I want you to hear me, that, that when we flow in this oneness, and I'm going somewhere with this, stay with me. He said it would be so powerful that the world would see it and say, man, this Jesus must be absolutely awesome. How could those people of different backgrounds, different races, different, uh, you know, one person in church make $30,000 a year and another person in church make $200,000 a year and they happen to be best friends? You follow what I'm saying? They happen to eat together. They happen to share together. They go into each other's neighborhood. There is no difference because we're all one in Christ. And so the world needs to see our diversity at work. They need to see us uh, loving together, serving together, being one together. It should never be said of the church that we're divided, that we're people who don't know how to resolve differences. We are people who are just as divisive as the world because when we are that way, how many know that we can't change the world? We can't change the world if we're like the world. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I know sometimes we want to try to act like the world and we want to try, young people, you want to try to, you want to, try to draw from the customs of the world. Stop trying to be like the world and try to be more like Christ. Because you're, you listen to me, you are a Christian. Some of us still suffer from identity crisis. And not all of you are teenagers. Amen. Trying to figure it out. You already have your identity. Your identity is in Christ. Your identity is in Christ. And we need to be very comfortable there. We need to be comfortable there. So let's keep going. Let's keep going. And, uh, uh, and uh, let's look at um, 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, verse 21. Look at this verse. No, actually, hold, that, hold your finger there. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. Listen to this verse. From whom the whole body, hear this, the whole body. Now, I'm going to challenge your thinking this morning. I'm going to challenge your thinking this morning. The whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. Hear that. So we are the body of Christ, and the body of Christ is knitted together Watch this, by that which every joint, every joint supplies. So watch this, your supply, how many know that every person in the body of Christ is important? Amen. Every person, every person, yes, and the ones who may not be your favorite person, how many know they are important in the eyes of God? How many know we need to treat each other that way because they're a part of our body? Every, if they love Jesus, they're a part of our body. If they're saved, they're a part of the body. They may not be as educated as you. They may not have the best manners like you got. They may not even have your certain custom, whatever the case might be, but they belong to Christ. We're one in Christ. He said, by the whole body is knit together and joined together by that which every joint supplies. Watch this. According to the effectual working by which every part does its share, 
causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Now, now hear what he says. How does the body of Christ grow? The body of Christ grows when the individuals think body and not just me. Let me, let me, let me help you with that. See, we got this thing wrong. See, see, we tend to think, you ever hear somebody say, man, so, you know, I, well, let me give you some examples. I can give you some practical examples. I've heard people, there have been people who walked me. I had one guy who, who came into church, and he said to me, he called a minister. He said, I'm called, I'm called, I'm called a minister. And, and, and I said, that's great. We want them. Lord knows we need them. Come on, brother. You know, this is good. I said, but here's what I, here's what I need to do. I need you to start here. I need, can you help out here? And then, in fact, it was not too long ago, last year, there was one brother who, this is last year, who came here and said, I'm called to sing, and, and you need to use my gift right here in the church. Y'all remember, you remember, you know, came in and, and he said, wouldn't do anything. I said, brother, won't you come and have some relationship with some folks? Won't you come out in here? I said, so what church are you? What are you a part of? What body? How are you connected to the body? He said, he said I'm not. I'm not I'm, I don't have it. He said, he said, God just told me to go all over. And he sat in that chair, and there would be people, and he'd sit there looking like mean, mad, angry, and don't ask me one thing because I'm mad because I don't know you, brother. You know, that's a kid to me just coming in saying, look, off the street, you want to come preach at the church? I don't know you. But he had an individualistic thing. He wasn't thinking body. He was thinking, it's all about me. I mean, you know, that God equip, when God equips you, it's, it includes you, but it's not all about you. God gives you a calling. He, he gives you a gift. He empowers you, but it's not all about you. Some of us will never, ever be used to the fullest capacity of what we can be used to until we learn that it's not about me. It is about something bigger than me. But listen, every joint supplies for the purpose of moving the body forward. You, you hear what I'm saying? You see, if there's a car, how do we know that there are parts of that car? You got your engine, you got your wheels, you know. And, and you know, a, a beautiful body on a car is just a beautiful body on a car. But it ain't going away unless some wheels up on that thing. I don't care how pretty it is. <laughs> you know, you, we, you know, we need each other in order to move things forward. And when we begin to think like, man, it's, 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 I just want to use, nothing wrong with using a gift. Y'all understand what I'm saying, right? It's nothing wrong with you. It's nothing even wrong with saying, I want to get involved. You shouldn't join a church unless you can see yourself serving and you can see yourself advancing that ministry forward. Why join it? So God has gifted you for a reason. But I want you to understand, your gift, your, you can't be using your gift like, oh, man, you know, this is just, you know, you, you got to put me up front right now. Okay, brother, can you help us with a couple of chairs? No, I ain't got no time for that, man. God ain't called me to that. Well, God ain't called you no minutes. You don't, you don't understand the concept of the body. <laughs> Jesus said, I came to serve. Well, you know, I ain't helping serving no table because, because, because that ain't my gift. When did you need a gift? to give somebody a piece of chicken. But that's what we do. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I don't have the tortured anointing. Let me tell you something. I serve wherever I can serve, when I can. Anybody who know me, I am a servant first. And one thing that people can say in this church, I serve, I help out. I do what I can, when I can. Why? Because at the core, I understand that it's about sacrifice. I mean, you know, this ain't, this ain't always fun. <laughs> this ain't always fun. But a lot of people look at me, oh, well, I want to be up there. No, you don't. You don't know what you're saying. <laughs> you don't. 
You have no idea. You have no idea. I'm going to write about it, Walt. <laughs> you have no idea. I just marvel at people sometimes of what this is all about. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 21. I got to run. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 21. Look at this. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again to the head, to the feet, I have no need of you. Now, let me, let me, let me, let me explain something to you. The Corinthians, Paul wrote a letter to the Corinthians. Have anybody ever read the whole book of 1 Corinthians? Please say yes, amen. Yes. Please, please don't hurt me. Uh, the book of 1 Corinthians, you can read that book, and it's, all like, it's almost like it's one big, massive rebuke. The Corinthian church was full because of the society that we're in. Paul came, he, brought, he planted that church, but they still had a lot of fleshly appetites. What, what do I mean by fleshly appetites? I mean, in, in the Corinthian church, there were uh, immorality, all right? There, there, there was immorality going on inside the church. There, there was contentions inside the church. There was envying, there was jealousy. There was this competition that the members had toward one another. Watch this, folks. Let me tell you what else they were doing in the Corinthian church. They were suing each other. They, they, they were like, I'm taking you to court. And they were suing each other. And so one would be like, man, I'm a Paul. Another one, uh, no, I'm a pastor. I like Pastor Bailey. I, no, no. Uh, another one was like, well, I like Sister Diver. And then well, another one like, well, well this, is, this is who I hang out with. And, 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 and Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he said, look, I want to talk to you like mature kids, but I got to deal with you like kids. Why, Paul, do you have to deal with me like kids? He said, because you're still carnal. Well, Paul, what do you mean? He had nothing to do with how much they knew. He said they were still carnal. He didn't say anything about how much they knew. He said they were still carnal. Well, what do you mean by carnal? He said because there's envying, there's strife, there's competitions. Then in 1 Corinthians chapter number 14, there was abuse of the gifts. So people got the anointing. You ever heard of people who get anointed, anointed of God? They just think they're just anointed. You know, they're, they're anointed of God. And, and, and they just want to show everybody oh, how anointed I am. Well, I can, look, I can preach better than you. I can teach better than you. Don't you ever be comparing me to nobody. Ain't but one of me, I'm telling you right now. Amen. Don't come to me telling me about something. Because that person gives a quote. Look, I just stay in my lane. You ought to stay in your lane. You hear what I'm saying? Do you, are you hearing what I'm saying? Stay in your lane. Be you. You heard me say it before. Most people are, try, are originals, but they spend a lifetime trying to be copies. Be the best you. You ain't nobody else like you. Ain't but one fingerprint. Ain't but one person got your fingerprint like you. It's you. How do you know God did that? Ain't that amazing? Ain't that amazing? And so all this flesh, all this ink, there was competition in the church. People fighting each other. He said there was contentions. How do you know contention? There was, I, somebody was throwing some blows up in there. I mean, think about it. This was the Corinthians. This was church people. And so Paul, looking at all that, and so Paul had to use some draconian language, if you will, to share to show the people that y'all are on the same team, but you're acting like you're divided. You're acting like you're on separate teams. You're acting like, like it's, just all, it's just all about just the individual. It's not. So what did Paul do? Paul came up with 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You ought to read 1 Corinthians chapter 12 in your private time. Paul goes into this analogy. He said, well, look, the hand can't say to the eye, I have no need of you. Paul had to let him know, look, you're one body. You're one body. Y'all are supposed to be together. 
They're supposed to be, listen, listen, you can't invest the cause of God. You can't do what God wants you to do by yourself. I know some of you are gifted. Some of you are super duper gifted. And you think you that in a little bit of chips. But as good as you are, you still need me. You know why? Because God designed it that way. I don't care who you are. Well, I'm smart. I'm gifted. I don't need nobody. That's the spirit of individualism, and it has no place in the body. It has no place in the body. This attitude that people have today, I'm anointed. I can talk to God all by myself. I don't need nobody else. Where in the Bible did God ever raise up people to just stay to themselves and do their own thing? Everything, listen to me, everything that God does, God always assembles people. You, how many know Paul said, we're the body of Christ? That means you need me. You ever heard that song we sing here at church? You need me, I need you to survive? That's a fact. And it ain't, listen, and it's because that's the way God designed it. God designed it that way. And if, and if you think otherwise, if your thought process is, I don't need the church. No, some people do. Well, I don't need church. How do you not need what Jesus said I came to build? How do you not need the church? You're a part of the church, the institution of the church. How do you not need the church? When the church consists of every member and every joint supplying something to the body of Christ. And so Paul had to let him know. Paul had to let him know. Paul said, listen, listen, you got to understand this thing. He says, look, look, you're one body. You're one body. Y'all got to stop fighting each other. Y'all got to stop competing against each other. You know what? If there's somebody in this church that can preach better than me, you think I'm going to get upset about it? I mean, really? Is there somebody who can sing better than me? You think I'm going to get upset about it? Really? How do you know that God is the one that gives gifts? And if somebody is anointed to do something, then we have to celebrate. Good job. Man, that's, that's, that's you. Good for you. Hallelujah. But in the Corinthian church, they won't like that. There were people getting drunk. They were doing, listen to me, having communion service, people drinking alcohol, getting drunk. Somebody said, they ain't in the Bible. Go read 1 Corinthians. Chapter number, I believe chapter 11, chapter, yeah, chapter 11, chapter 12. Read it. We're going to do communion today. Paul, Paul, said, well, Paul said, man, y'all are out of control. Y'all are in here drinking, getting drunk. You're, you're mad at each other. You're fighting each other. What is this? How do you think that you're going to do anything for God? God is not pleased with that. How many know that we ought to run from anything that divides us? Do you hear what I'm saying? We need to work it. Well, I'm jumping ahead of myself. Okay, so, so Paul said in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 26. Look at this verse. Lay your eyes on this verse. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Do you hear that? You see this? You see that? Or one among members on it, all the members rejoice what? With it. All right? So listen, if we're a part of this body and somebody in this church is hurt and they're wounded and they're upset, you know what I'm saying, and they're suffering, I mean, you know, that, that, that we ought to join in that thing. How can I help you get better? And if somebody, if somebody get a promotion and, got, and they got the job that you wanted, <laughs> you know as I said the job you wanted. You know, I did it on purpose. <laughs> they got the job. Ah, I'm supposed to be in that place. Well, if you're supposed to be there, God will put you there. That's all, that's all I'm saying. You know, 
I mean, y'all be giving people more credibility than you give God. I mean, if God want to put me so ain't nobody can stop. Listen to me. I, you all know I ain't nowhere. Listen, listen, I'm just a man. Let me tell you that right now. A man with flaws. And God can do what he want to do. Listen, God will move heaven and earth to put you where he needs to put you. But let, make it, make it understand, make, let's understand this thing. God is the one who is at work in us to will and to do of his good pleasure. So you know what, brother? I'm going to rejoice with you. Brother, brother Matt come to me when something happened, man. I'm, brother, good job. Man, I'm going to rejoice. If, it's, if you're happy about it, you, yeah, okay, brother, good for you. God bless you. Let's celebrate together. Man, if you're suffering, if, if, you're, if you're hurt, hey, you know what, brother? Hey, guys, hey, sister over here upset. Come on, let's go, let's go pray. You can't be this attitude, you know, uh, I'm going to come to church and I got to hurry up and go home. Here's what I'm saying. I never understood it. What, what everybody got to hurry up and go home to on Sunday? I'm just, I, I never understood that. Because usually on my Sunday, you just relax and watch football, go for a jog or something. But I don't know what's the rush getting home on Sunday. Everybody got to get out. I mean, like, I'm like, man, you know, anyway, I, I, don't, I don't get it. I'm just, I'm sorry. I just struggle. I'm like, I'm from those, I mean, I, I just believe in life together, you know, that, 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 you know, you can't get help until you stay around and, and get to know some folk. You let some folk in. But that's, I'm going to talk about that here in a moment. Okay. So we got to rejoice together. We got to suffer together, meaning that, 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 that every part, if I smash my hand in the door, how many know that my whole body going to stop and pay attention? Whether it want to or not. I can be like, hey, I got to rush. I got to go. But when I get my, I slam my finger, I'm going to stop and say what? And you ever got you ever slam your finger in the door? One of ever, ever really slam your finger would make you dance? You just stop. You can have on a suit. You can have on a dress. It don't matter when you get a good finger slam. Your whole body. Oh, you okay? Oh, Christian did that one time. We was going to a restaurant and he was a kid and he slammed his door. He slammed his finger in the door, and the boy jumped out. And I didn't know what was going on. You know, I just heard the door close, and then I looked around. He was like, ha, ha, ha. I'm like, what's wrong with you, boy? Ha, ha. And he did it for like five minutes. And I thought he lost his mind. I mean, I didn't know what was going on. He slammed his finger in the door right in front of Ruby Tuesday in Fairfax. Anyway, <laughs> sorry about that. Couldn't resist. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 and 3. Go there real quick. Go there real quick. Ephesians chapter 4. Let me know. Let's talk about the work. The work of togetherness. The work. Everybody say work. How many know it's work? How many like, how many like work? <laughs> the work. How many? <laughs> Y'all ain't gonna help me this morning, are you? Y'all ain't gonna really, y'all ain't gonna help me. I can tell that, right? I'm on my own. I'm gonna go with this. I therefore, watch Paul, the prisoner of the Lord. Prisoner of the Lord. You know what that means? That Paul was on lockdown. But he looked at his being in jail as coming from God. You hear that? He said, look, I'm in these chains, but I'm a prisoner of the Lord. <laughs> And that's a good perspective. You get locked up. No, hopefully you don't get locked up. But. but I therefore beseech you, the prison of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of your calling. Hear this, with which you were called. All right. 
Watch this. With all lowliness and, watch this, gentleness and, watch this, long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. Oh, y'all hearing this? Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Now watch this. He says to walk with all lowliness and gentleness. See, lowliness has to do with humility. Having know that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the who? Humble. God only gives grace to people who are humble. Humble people don't think too highly of themselves. Humble people are people who are teachable. Humble people always feel like they can learn something. How many know that if you're a mother, you can learn from your little baby? Am I right about it? You can learn, I mean, other than their rebellion, you can, you can learn a lot from your little kid. How many know you can learn from anybody? Humility. See, the Bible says, how many know that in the church of God, there ought to be humility all around the place, meaning that, you know what, I'm, going to def- I'm willing to defer to you. I think I know. In fact, I'm pretty sure I know. But just in case I might not know, I'm willing to listen. Amen. Humility. I don't need you to tell me nothing. Got this all together. You can't teach me nothing. Where you, what school you go to? Where you come from? What kind of education you got? You can't tell me nothing. Boy, is that na- that's nasty, isn't it? Has no place in the kingdom. Then the Bible talks about being gentle. How many know we ought to be gentle with one another? See, we got to be gentle. That means, look at the neighbor and say, take the edge off. Some folk, you ever dealt with people that feel like you got to walk like this? Don't hit me. Did I say the right thing? Yo. How many know there ought to be a gentleness about us? How you doing? You want to talk? Let's talk. How many know this is a calling? You've been called. Look at David said, I've been called to be gentle. I've been called to humility. And then he, he used another word that everybody liked. Here's the word that everybody liked. This word right here. Long-suffering. That's about, that's about as Baptist preacher I'm going to get. You're going to get out of me. Long-suffering. I'm going to do that for y'all. I'm going to freak y'all. I bet that'll get y'all get you going. I bet you won't be sitting there all quiet then. I come up in here. Oh, you got to be long-suffering. Okay. Uh, I can do it now. I can do it. I know y'all don't think I can. I got, I got a little bit. Of, I come up out of that now. I can do that. But, but I will refrain. I digress. <laughs> Long suffering has to do with patience. You are called, listen to me, if we're going to have life together, we got to be patient with each other. Well, you know what? I'm just not going to deal with you. You know what? I get it. Every now and then we all have a moment, a time where we just feel like, you know what? We had a bad day. Anybody ever had a bad day? Yeah, I had a bad day. I had, you have a bad day and you, you fall and you just lose it. And, but you know what you do? You dust, back, you dust yourself off. You get back right in the fight. You know what? I got to keep doing this. Why you got to keep doing it? Because God says that you need to be long-suffering. That means that we need to be patient with each other. How many know not everybody is as smart as you? 
Not everybody have it all together like you got it all together. I say that tongue in cheek. Not everybody is as gifted as you are. Some of us, you need to be patient with us. How many know patience is one of those things that, uh, uh, you know, our, our generation, we don't, have, we, don't, we don't have a lot of time for. But when it comes to the kingdom of God, we got to be patient. Why do we got to be patient with each other? Because we're different. Different backgrounds, different way of thinking. All of us come into the kingdom with issues. You know, you still say, but you still crazy sometimes. I'm, I'm just saying. You know what I mean? You been say you're in the blood, but you're still dealing with some stuff. You got to get rid of some. Everybody dealing with some junk in the trunk. You hear what I'm saying? Everybody is. It's, it's okay to say that, but it ain't. It ain't okay to want to abide there either. Well, I got some junk in the trunk, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay with my junk. Look at the neighbor and say, you need to get delivered. And you need to pray for patience. If you're one of those persons that get mad at the drop of a hat, you got no patience with nobody, you need to come up here at the end of service and we should slap some oil up on you. A lot of, we'll drown you in it. We'll get you set free, amen? Patience. He's a bearing with one another. Hear this now, bearing. It's the idea, look at this, the idea of, listen, getting up under. Bearing. You know, some, some people are hard to bear up on the end. You know, some people, it's really hard. I mean, I'm just being honest. He said, you got to bear, bear, put up with each other. Well, you know, and you all, y'all be surprised. Can I let y'all in on a little secret? Y'all be surprised that in church, there's some church people who don't like some church people. Did y'all know that? Did y'all know that? There's some church folk that don't like some church folk. Did you know that? Don't tell them about I told you. I mean, though, that God called us to bear up with you know, You know, I used to do this. Now, I, this, is, this was a practice of mine. This is, and this is what I'm going to challenge you to do. I'm going to challenge you. Here's how you get delivered from that. Find the most difficult people. Find always the person. Every time I was in the body of believers, when I felt in my heart that there was somebody I didn't like or somebody who didn't uh, uh, tickle me and make me smile, that I will always on purpose connect with that person. I would do it all, my wife would tell you. I would say, why do you want to go out to dinner with him? Why do you want to go out with him? Because I felt something in my heart wasn't right, and I want to kill it. So what do I do? I'm going to take you out. And if you, listen to me, and if you happen to be like, if you're one of those persons, or pastor, I, I, I wanted to have dinner with them, uh, you know, then here's the thing. Uh, but but I, I can't afford it. Then you know what? I'll take money out of my own pocket. I'll treat you to a dinner. I'll treat you to a dinner. Bear with one another. In other words, in other words, let's work it out. Let's stay in this thing. Don't be quick to want to jump and run and walk out and say, well, I don't like you. Yeah, that's part of your flesh. You got problems too. You ain't perfect. Nobody is. Everybody need everybody. We're the body. I got some blind. You ever drove down the road and you got blind spots? You ever turn in a lane and you, didn't, you, you thought for sure you looked at the car? In fact, you knew you checked that lane, didn't you? Amen. It's like my, I'm at, that's my son today. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, I, I got you. I'm, I'll, I'll take care of you later. But, you know, it's like he, 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 he wrecked my Volvo. You know, he, he pulled off on this car. He's a boom. And I talked to him. He's sitting in the hospital. Son, 
I said, uh, didn't you see that car? He said, Dad, I looked both ways. I said, son, I said, well, you didn't look good enough. He said, no, Dad, the car came out of nowhere. I'm telling you, I looked. I said, son, you didn't look good enough. What, what, Dad, I'm telling you. I said, son, the, you, you, the car hit you. You, you, know, you understand? Just because you didn't see it don't mean the car wasn't there. It didn't just come out of the sky. It didn't just go bloop. The car was there. He just never saw it for whatever reason. Just like the blind spot. You're driving. And you turn around the lane, and somebody goes, bah, 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 and they blow the horn. And then you get mad at them and say, shut up. <laughs> but you know, there have been, there have been times when it happened to you too. You know what I'm saying? But the point of it is, everybody got blind spots, and you need somebody else to help you to see. And if you have a mindset that you don't need somebody else, then you, you don't understand the concept of the body. This is what God is teaching us through his word. And so we got to endeavor to keep the unity. Endeavor. Everybody say endeavor. endeavor. I got to work at it. Work, 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 work. So if I fall today, okay, I'm going to get back up. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep working toward, toward the, the, the unity and, 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 and advancing the body forward. I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to keep working, and I know it's going to be hard. Why do I know it's going to be hard? Because people are going through things, and you got to learn how not to take everything personal. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Christians got some thin skin sometimes. You hear what I'm saying? Well, Pastor, I'm upset. You didn't speak to me today. I may not, I ain't got nothing against you. I just got real busy. I was maybe preoccupied. You know what I'm saying? People are going through stuff. We need to be a people that endeavor to keep the unity. Think good. Listen to me. Always assume the good of somebody. Don't just always assume that they're bad. Don't assume that they don't like you. Won't you go and ask them, do you like me? <laughs> I mean, why not? Why walk around and say, I don't think they like me. Just go out, do you like me? You know, assume the best about people. You know what? They, they mean well. They mean well. They love me. I know they love me. And just believe God. How me know that love thinketh no ill, no wrong toward its neighbor? Okay, now we got to finish. So the beauty of it together is, can I get five minutes? Six. Okay, here we go. All right. So Acts chapter 2. The beauty of togetherness. Every time I read Acts chapter 2, and I preach from this, this topic, uh, sermons, whole sermons on this, I can't do that this morning. And we talked about it in our Wednesday night Bible study this week. We talked about uh, the beauty of togetherness. But when I look at Acts chapter 2 and the verse that we read this morning, you know what, I, you know what happens inside of my soul? There's such a yearning in my spirit. I got to tell you, you know, I, 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 Diver heard me say that because she'd been with us for a while. That, that, you know, I, one time I wanted to name this church Acts Church, A-C-T-S Church, because, because this model and how they did ministry was so healthy. It was so powerful. It's so good. And how I many know everybody want to be a part of something that is healthy? Amen? And, and it, I'm just going to extrapolate a couple of things. I'm not going to go over point by point. But it says in Acts chapter 2, verse number 40 through 47. I'm just going to summarize. It said, number one, that they gladly receive the word of God and they continue in the apostles' doctrine. All right? So watch this. Listen to me. Are you listening? Say amen. Look up here. Look up here. Everybody, look at this way. You listen? Say amen. Listen. Listen. Not only did they hear the apostles' doctrine, but they gladly received. Received means that they obeyed. In other words, they heard what they, they heard the, the, the leaders and they, they, hear them, they heard them teach and they obeyed. And then you know what else they did? They fellowship. Everybody say fellowship. 
Koinonia, I'm going to talk a little bit about that here in a moment. They fellowship together. And fellowship together is not just, hey, how you doing? I went to church today. You know you can go to church and not fellowship with nobody. You can come here every single week and fellowship with nobody. I'm just about me. I just going to hear a good word from God for me. Y'all hear, y'all see how the devil has tricked us. They fellowship together. In other words, they shared life. Hey, how are you doing? How was your week this week? What do you do for a living? How's your job? How's your family? How's your wife? Hey, what did you struggle with this week? Is your marriage doing okay? Is ever are you doing okay? Are you struggling? Do you need help? Do you need something? How many know that's that's fellowship? Then watch this. They were devoted to prayer. That's another one, verse 42. The Bible said they were devoted to prayer. In other words, prayer was what they did. I asked, I asked at the beginning of the service, I had everybody turn around and pray for the person who was beside them. And I want to see that more and more in the life of our church, that we are devoted to prayer, not just on Wednesdays, but on Sundays we come together. That, that You know what? It should be nothing for me to turn a corner and see somebody got somebody's hand praying for them. I'm not gonna, don't sit there and listen to people tell you their problems and don't say, look, let's go to God right now. Let's go to God. Let's talk to God right now. Let's pray right now. They were devoted to prayer. Listen to me. They were together. All right, verse 44. They were together. Everybody say together. Let's say it nice and loud. Say together. Yeah. Say together. Yeah. That means, watch this. They came to Wednesday night Bible study. Everybody say amen. amen. <laughs> I got y'all. I did. Uh, they supported the church events, right? In other words, they did things what? Together. How I many know you can't build a sense of community on, just on Sunday morning? It's something about when I see you during the course of the week, when I talk to you during the course of the week, when I'm involved in your life, something happens. Something deep happens. They care for one another's need in verse number 45. In other words, when a need arose, they didn't just turn their head and say, that ain't my problem. What, what you need? Oh, you need that? And one of the things I, I can't say about this church, one of the things I've seen do is that when there's a need, when people need, people step up. I've seen that. But how many know we can continue to grow and get better? Amen? That everybody needs to think of, you know what? I'm, I am my brother's keeper in the kingdom. I don't care what the world say. You are your brother's keeper. God expects that from you. Uh, we care for one another. Watch this. They broke bread. Verse 46. They broke bread from house to house. In other words, there's a lot of chicken dinners. Fried chicken, baked chicken. <laughs> house to house. House to house. They were doing this. Look, they didn't just come to church daily in the temple. They, the Bible says they were breaking bread. Now, there's one place it says over in verse 42 where it talks about breaking bread. I believe that's communion. But then if you look down in uh, verse number uh, 46, they said they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. There was some good cooking. How many know good cooking will make you smile in Jesus' name? Good cooking. You want to build a sense of community? There's a reason why we put the food out on the table for you. Because we hope you'll stay around and eat and be happy. Amen. 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 So they broke bread together. They went from house to house. Watch this. And what was the result of that? Verse number 43, there was a sense of awe. Fear came upon every soul. In other words, they were like, here's, here's the way I interpret that. Y'all still with me? Say amen. There was a sense they felt the presence and the power of God. Have you ever felt the presence and the power of God? Has anybody, honestly, have you ever felt the presence and the power of God? It is addictive. 
And you'll spend your whole life trying to get to that place because you know what it feels like. And if you never felt it, oh, God, you're going to, we pray you get there. We pray you get, and some, they felt, there was a sense of awe because, watch this, everybody was, was they, were, they were just being blessed, and there was unity, there was commonality, they were eating together, they were fellowshipping together, there, there was a sense of awe. And then the Bible says that many signs and wonders were done through the apostles. Amen. Watch this. Now, please don't misunderstand me when I say this. Are y'all still listening? Say amen. amen. Y'all believe that I'm not self-serving. Do y'all believe that? It's not, I am not self-serving. That is not my heart. But let me say something. Let me use this opportunity to say something. When the people honor the leadership, then the people get blessed. When the people don't honor their leader, that's a, and that's the way God established it. Let me, let me explain this to you. When you don't honor the, the, the leader, then you hurt yourself. Listen to me. When the apostles, listen to me, the Bible said that the, the signs and wonder was done through who? Read it. Verse number 40, what, what verse is it? 43? No, 44. Uh, yes, 43. Then fear came upon every soul, and many, many, everybody say many, wonders and signs were done through the apostles. You know why? Because they honored the leadership. In other words, when they taught, they obeyed. When the leader said, you know what, y'all need to get along and love each other. You know what they did? They got along and loved each other. When the leader said, y'all need to come together, we need to pray. You know what they did? They came together and prayed. When the leader said, you know what, y'all need to invite each other over to each other's houses and have fellowship together. You know what they did? They invited each other over and they, you follow what I'm saying? They honored, that's how you honor the leadership. And when they did that, things happen. God blesses order. Do you hear me? God blesses order. It ain't about the person, it's about the kingdom. So all these things, and the Bible says, lastly, that the Lord added. Everybody say, the Lord. Added to the church. Daily, those are being saved. How many know the, that, that we want our church to grow? But you know what? Sometimes, this is what God showed me, and I'm done. But this is what God showed me. Sometimes our growth is oftentimes prohibited because we are not right and ready to receive growth. Amen. Because the atmosphere is not what it should be in order for growth to happen. And so, in other words, so we got to strive to make it right so that the ground will be really good for growth. Why? Because God want to add to us. How many of you God want to add to us? We, you, we, listen, we should, listen, if you're, is anybody here just comfortable just looking at each other till Jesus come back? Thank God we get, I love when we get new faces. I love you. Y'all look good. I promise. But I don't want to die old and grow old with you like that. You hear me? <laughs> it's something about, about we're supposed to be adding and God added when the atmosphere was right so here's what we're going to do here's what I'm asking you to do as your pastor, as your leader for those who consider me their pastor here's what I'm going to ask you to do alright I've, I've had a conversation with Sister Shannon, everybody know who Shannon is? Yeah. everybody knows who Shannon, raise your hand doesn't care, that's Shannon the girl with the pretty smile. That's Shannon right there. Shannon, well, she, we have this table out here every, every week. Y'all see this table that her and her husband and their family put together? Nice, right? Here's what I'm asking for the next month because of our, ser our sermon series. Here's what I'm asking. I'm challenging everybody to do. That, look, that I want you to come here. We'll have breakfast ready for you at 10 o'clock. Come here and let's break bread. Because some of you, you're busy during the week. Am I right about it? 
You, ain't, you don't really have a lot of time to meet with me during the week, a lot of you. But from 10 to 10.25, we'll have breakfast for you sitting right out here at the table. I want you to come on out for the next month. I want you to do this. I want you to eat. I want you to fellowship at the table. Now, many of us, we stick around afterwards. That's good. But you know what? In the morning time, how many know that we still, we, we still can do better? We still need to build this sense of community. So, so I want you to come out. Pastor, I cook breakfast at home. Okay, cook your breakfast at home and bring it then, if you want to be that way. Okay? Okay? To bring it. Come here. Don't come at 1040. Don't come at 1130. Come at 10 o'clock. And, don't say, and, and we're going to take, and I'll even, listen, if you want bacon and eggs, I'll get them for you. I don't know how, but I'll get you some bacon and eggs. We'll have it ready for you. All right, number, number two, here's what I want you to do. And this wasn't my idea, April Gay's idea. She said this, and, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share it. Every, look, I want every person in this church for this next month, every person to find somebody in the church to pray for become a prayer partner with. Listen, and if somebody come to one person, now I don't want everybody just going to, you know, April, like April got five people praying for her. That's good. That's good. I, know, I, I, know, I know she don't mind, but, but the point is that I want everybody to find somebody, preferably somebody that you may not spend a lot of time with. I don't care who it is. So, you know what? I'm going to pray for you and your family every day. Prayer partner. Is that too hard to do? Every day. Every day. So, so when we leave here, I want, before we go, find somebody, anybody, somebody, I don't care who it is, you know, I want, I want, to, I want to pray with you. I want you to be a prayer partner. Right, can, can we do that? Then, then next, watch this. For within the next month, I'm asking that everybody will find somebody in the church to invite over your home or either your home or take them out to dinner. It's one person this month in the church, preferably somebody that you don't know, somebody maybe that you just want to get there, or maybe somebody you do know, you just never had them over. I'm asking you to invite somebody. How many know God ain't bless you with that pretty house just so you can look at it and tell everybody how nice your house is? Or, or, or whatever, whatever you got. How many are you supposed to share? Look at neighbor and say, share. So we're going to do it on purpose. So fine, so, so you got, so, so this month, I'm going to ask the question. Everybody should have met these obligations. Now, some of you are thinking, oh, God, I don't want nobody in my house. Then take them to Ruby Tuesdays. <laughs> take them out of the house. Don't even say, look, after church. You know, a good time to do this for after church on Sundays. You know, you know what? Hey, after church, we got like, what, five candidates that are going to get baptized next week? Maybe grab somebody and say, look, let's go out to dinner. Let me treat you, brother. Let me treat you. It's on me. We're going out to dinner. How many know there should be more dinners, more going out more fellowship and on Sundays other than just running out that door, going home. Come listen, let's do some life together. Okay? So, so, so here we're going to do. We're going to come out, we're going to eat, could it a little bit early for the next month. We're going to commit to pray for somebody for the whole month, every day, for one month, and then we're going to invite at least one person over, that you one family over, or take them out, whatever you want to do, and eat with them uh, this month. Is, is, that, is that doable for everybody? Y'all, y'all still love me? Do y'all love me? Do y'all love your pastor? Do you love your pastor? Okay. Lord, thank you. You love me. Listen. Listen. Then do this in the spirit of Acts chapter 2. 
And I believe God's going to bless our church. That's what I'm telling you. You follow? What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to facilitate an atmosphere for you to get blessed. Do you hear me? Amen. That's all I'm trying to do here. I'm trying to provoke. And it ain't going to happen when everybody has got their own little thing, doing their own thing. You let me know that you got to do some things on purpose. You just can't talk about it. We got people from Lithuania, people from Africa. And, you know, they got some special food. I'm sure Diva got some strange stuff from Lithuania. Uh, you know, but, but, you know, but, I mean, you know what I mean. Like, oh, Lord Jesus. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. <laughs> 